Welcome to Business Rescue 101, hosted by business coach Jeff Miles and guest Grant Thorpe. Jeff, businesses are always looking for new opportunities. They want new business, they want new markets that they can go into. All of that is incremental dollars. It's all additional business that adds so much to your bottom line. You know, if you can just increase that sales at the top end, all those fixed costs are already there. Those in-game sales are really, really profitable. So where are we going to get those from? Well, I want to talk a little bit about that referral business. I want to talk about the opportunity of having other people help you find more business. You know, so often business is based on marketing and advertising and they spend a lot of money and there's millions of dollars in marketing. Just this morning, you know, when we popped over for that cup of coffee and we were talking about retail stores and I said, you know, how difficult that is to be in a retail store where you're almost waiting for customers to walk in during the day. You've got to have a mechanism to bring traffic flow in. You've got to be in a high profile area. You've got to spend money on marketing, advertising, your specials. You've got to communicate all of that. And all of that's very, very expensive. And yet the part that a lot of retailers and a lot of sales people forget, you know, whether it's real estate, insurance, any of those type of other businesses, is how lucrative referral and repeat businesses. And referral is huge. You know, there's an old saying, the guy with the biggest list wins. True. But you know, if you've created a list in your sphere of influence, which is the people you know and who they know, that is almost unmeasurable. And it's how you can access those people. You're dead right about when you say that the retailer is at an advantage because they've got a fixed location. The downside with that is that if your potential customers are not driving past or walking past your physical location, then it's not worth a hill of beans. It's not just about looking at your retail location where rent is a marketing expense because rent really is not a marketing expense. There are other dollars available that can be extracted out of somebody else's customer. You just need to be introduced to them. Now, several years ago, in my coaching practice in Western Australia, before I moved to the East Coast, I started a marketing process with many of my customers, which was called a circle of life. And what we did was we identified retailers, and we asked the question, who has their customer before them, and who has their customer after them? Let's take a curtain business, a person who manufactures curtains or blinds. Now, that's a fixed bricks and mortar business, and they might have a customer walking past the front of their shop. Now, the person who might be involved before them or after them could be the painter. So the company that's now selling the curtains could introduce the painter. Now, the painter might be advertising in Yellow Pages and spending a small fortune, and the Yellow Pages are fantastic media for getting leads. But it's also additional that you could go to the curtain shop and say, look, I can paint the houses after the curtains have been put up. So you can see the type of curtains that you want to put into that environment. So you can refer off each other's business. I like that whole circle of life idea. You know, it's what I call the food chain, really. And if you think of it just like fish in the sea, you've got plankton down here, little wee fish here, and then you move your way up to sharks and the top end predator. But, you know, everybody's in that food chain. And there is, like you say, Jeff, there's people above you and below you. And that can change, you know. So I think there's a huge opportunity if you tap into that. And what I would question is you need to sit down and say, who is in my food chain? Who is in my DNA line? And who can supply me business? And once again, who can I help? You did write about helping people. It's a two-way street. There's reciprocal value to both parties. So builders could refer work to architects. Architects could refer work back 
to builders. Now, you don't want to refer anyone that you think is a bit of a numbskull. If the person's a dropkick and doesn't deliver on time, if they're not reliable, if they overcharge or if they underdeliver, when you are giving a referral, you always must remember it's your name on the line. Your brand goes with them, and you might as well have them as an employee in that case. When it works, it's very powerful, and it can work every time if you've got the right people. You know, real estate agents, and I had a real estate background, as you know, Jeff, and one of the people that I found was the most lucrative referral for me was a guy in the water blasting business. He was asked to come in and wash the house down before they'd even considered having an agent come in to list the property. So there was a you know a real early piece there. And of course, as a real estate agent, when you listed the property, the vendors always said, what's the first thing I should do before we, you know, we do the first open home? Well, you need to get it washed down. Let's get the driveway all clean. Let's get all the cobwebs away. So that works both ways. And there's lots of examples like that. Well, let's take some of those examples. So when you're preparing a house for sale, who are some of the other trades or professions that you could be dealing with? Oh, tradesmen, sparky, plumber, builder, they might need to fix the fence, they might need to fix the door handle, you know, any of those maintenance type of people, they're often called in either before or you can call them in after. And when that works both ways, you know, that's ideal. A lawyer, for instance, is really one end or the other. They're unlikely to refer business unless it's a death or divorce and then they usually have to be unbiased and give it to three agents. And then at the other end, you might be referring them to the conveyancing, but you know, that was never as easy to get get the same amount of referral business as some of those people that are coming through more frequently and tend to be in the middle of the mix. Now, a lawyer could easily refer and not be threatened. They could refer on another professional like an accountant. Now, if you're looking at a property investor, that accountant could do the numbers to find out is that property going to be a negative geared property or a positive geared property. The accountant could refer on a general insurance person who could help ensure all requirements for general insurance. Then they could refer on a contents insurance person. So there is loads of ways where different professionals could refer other businesses. And those insurance people might be dealing with people at the car yard, for instance. They might be able to refer to you a good, honest and reputable car dealer that you could buy your next vehicle off and insure through them. There's a whole bunch of, I guess, spin-off from that. And the trick to it is to be the what I call the urban or business detective. You've got to follow those clues. You've got to follow that little DNA trail and say, what is one thing leading to and what is it leading to the next and the next? And then how do I follow that trail and make sure that you know, I can either clip the ticket on all of it or I can be involved in that so the business comes back around to me. So, Jeff, we've recognised some of the people that could be in our own circle of our life, our own sphere of influence, our own DNA chain there, that food chain that we talked about. But how do we drive those referrals? What is the way that we can start creating that so we get a bit of momentum there? One of the simplest ways could be referral slip. So you have either a gift voucher from somebody or you might have their business card and you could just write on the back, referred by, and in this case, Jeff Miles, and I might be referring on to an accountant. Or it could be that you refer by a voucher. The supplier gives you a voucher saying $50 off. But one of the best ways to do it is to, if you want to get a referral, give a referral. Exactly. And you know what I love about that? It creates a sort of obligation in a way because, you know, if I've got an electrician and I'm wanting to get some referrals off them, the first conversation I would have with them is, hey, Bob, tell me a bit about your business. What's your ideal customer? Are you looking to fit out a whole house? Do you want to do an alteration? Are you looking for maintenance work? Tell me what is your ultimate customer, the perfect customer for you, the most profitable, and then let me go and see if I can help you with that because, you know, I'm dealing with all these people on a daily basis. I'm sure I can find you some business. Now, if I've found them one, two or three little jobs in there, 
there's a certain obligation that he owes me one back. It's not going to last too long if it's a one-way street. Exactly. If it's not reciprocity, if it's not reciprocal coming backwards and forwards to each other, you're going to turn and say, why on earth am I going to be referring work to that guy there when they're not thinking about my business, about my needs? Because they are coming into customers as well that could be in my food chain. Jeff, I always liken it to throwing pebbles in the pond. If you're sitting on one of those little ponds there, you know, with a little jetty and there's some reeds around the back, you throw in a pebble and it sends out a ripple. And those ripples soon enough will bounce off something and those waves, little ripples will come back to you. And that's the referral coming back. If you want to make more referrals, if you want to get more referrals, throw more pebbles in the pond. Create more ripples and more things will come back to you. So here's a question for you then. If you want to get these ripples coming back to you, how do you choose someone to refer? Well, I think the first thing is you need to know that they have a high level of integrity. They run an honest business. If they're not qualified to that, then they're certainly, you know, once again, it's your brand going with that. You've got to say, if I needed to hire an electrician, would this be the guy that I'd have on my staff? And if the answer is yes, then you can refer. If the answer is no, then you don't want them out there touting your brand. There's no way in the world you want to refer anybody who's a dropkick. Because you are the one that's going to suffer. If you refer an electrician or a lawyer or an accountant or anyone, it is your name on the line. That's right. And you might have had 10 years of great business and that one person undoes it. So you're looking for that high level of integrity, no doubt about it. And then from there, you offer to help them first. And I think that's the key thing. We've just covered that off, really. You look to find them some business, but make it clear to them that this is your ideal customer. My ideal customer is this. It looks like this, that that type of person and this is the type of job they've got available can in your travels over the next three to four weeks look out for some business for me and the other trick I do is this Jeff I'm really clear about the level of professionalism that I work with and that I work to strict budgets and what I do is I'll say to someone for instance look John you know I know that uh, you're an electrician and you're meeting lots of people in a month I'm a real estate agent as an example and I work to a really strict budget and currently this month I'm two listings under budget I'm looking for two people that will put the house on the market. I'm giving them a specific number and within a time frame. I'm looking for it in the next four weeks. If in your travels you're out and about and you run into someone who talks real estate as an example, would you refer them to me? And I'm training him, I'm conditioning him, I'm training him. The other thing is I give him plenty of business cards that I get him to put in the glove box of his car because they won't get chucked out there and then he can remember to hand them out. And the other thing is this, it's great that he hands my business card out, but he hands it off to Mrs. Smith. The problem with that is fatally flawed. We're now waiting for Mrs. Smith to call me. The best model is where he says to Mrs. Smith, here's Grant's card. Can I have permission to get him to call you? Now we've got control. The electrician has controlled the environment. I've got control now that I have got permission to call Mrs. Smith. I can ring her at a time that suits both of us, and I can create that opportunity and, of course, thank the electrician for that and look for a job for him. So it's really important that both parties... These two groups that are going to refer to each other, in this case it was a real estate agent and an electrician, they understand the rules. They are looking for business for each other with their filters wide open. And they take control of the situation and always ask permission, can I get the other person to call so we control that within our environment. And this is the difference between referrals and networks. There are networking organisations out there and there are referral organisations out there. One of the best referral groups that I've come across is a group called BNI, Business Networking International. And the sole purpose of them having their breakfast and their meetings is to pass referrals, to give referrals. But they only do that after they've done what's called a dance with you. 
So it's a bit like a dance card where you identify someone and you go out there and you have a cup of coffee with them, you sit down and you find out what's your business about, what makes you special, what makes you different, what's your pricing, what's your ideal client, how can I help you get that ideal client? And if I do pass on a referral to you, I need to make sure that they're pre-qualified. I've got to make sure that they're ready in the buying cycle. They Do they have the money to pay you? Because I don't want to lead you to a person who doesn't have the money to pay you. That's right. Double jeopardy there as well. I was in BNI for many years, and it's really accelerated my business at the time. And I think you're shortcutting that long relationship of trying to find those people and discover they're any good. Because you've got a group of people that join for a reason. They're looking for referrals. They're prepared to refer. And they have to be sort of qualified, really, to get into that group. So I would seriously suggest to anyone that look for one of those referral groups Networking groups are a different thing, you know, that's like nice to have, but there's not necessarily a call to action to that. So the referral groups in particular are very, very lucrative. For the listener that's sitting in the car or sitting at the desk or going for a walk and listening to this on their iPod, here are some prompters for you. If you were a lawyer, you could consider who could you refer in a settlement agency or a conveyancer if you don't do it yourself. If you're a plumber, Could you refer some landscapers? Landscapers are connected on again in the food chain to gardeners. Gardeners could be coming in after a painter has been in there or a tiler is about to come in there. If you're involved in even a membership organisation, it could be who are the major sponsors and how can you refer other sponsors to them to use them or to work collaboratively with them. There are loads of ways to work in the food chain to pass referrals on. It's only limited by your imagination to think, who else can I help? How can I help service my clients better by passing on professionals that I come across every day? So referral marketing is a little untapped diamond just waiting in the ground at your feet. You know, and Jeff, the scary thing is, and I want to sort of end on this note, is I say to people, how many referrals are you giving out? And they say, oh, none. I say, why not? Oh, I never get any. You never get any because you didn't start. You've got to get started, stop planning, get started today, and get into this. It's a very big piece of your business. Thanks for listening to the Business Rescue 101 podcast. For more useful business tips and strategies, visit thebusinessdoctor.com.au.